0: This is our uh, Founder's Day weekend. Uh, again, something else. This mess is screwed up. We always try to feed everybody, but uh, not going to be able to do that this year. Lord willing, we'll be able to do that next year. But uh, 35 years, of Life Bible Church has been here for 35 years on this hillside, and uh, yeah, it just it's amazing how fast uh, time flies by. Um, In 1906, now we don't go back that far, but in 1906, uh, an interesting situation. Uh, How many have ever heard of Harry Houdini? Yeah, probably everybody. In 1906, he'd travel from town to town and he'd do all types of escape uh, tricks and what have you. Fascinating man. And he tells the story, but uh, in 1953, Tony Curtis played the part of Houdini in a movie, a biography, and uh, gives you a, a clear uh, picture of one particular incident. In 1906, in Pittsburgh is in late part of November, uh, Houdini was going to be shackled, chains and, uh, around his wrists and his feet, and uh, put in a trunk. Then that trunk was going to be lowered into the river. Now, the bridge was what was called Bell Isle Bridge there in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> However, the night before, a tremendous temperature drop, and much of the river was frozen. Well, they cut a hole in the river to go ahead with the, uh, the demonstration to the trick. They lowered the trunk down in the water. Well, when he got out of the trunk, he wasn't counting on how swift the current was under the the ice. It moved him on down, and every time he'd try to come up, he'd hit the ice, and he was running out of oxygen. He finally felt with his hands he could find these little pockets, and he was able to go up and to get some air from these pockets and try to move back again where he thought uh, went in. Well, he'd been in there for quite some time, and people just assumed he was dead, and Uh, They were going to, you know, drag the river as soon as the ice had cleared away. But later on, all of a sudden, he popped up in that hole. And he told people what happened. He could not find that hole. And said all of a sudden, he heard a voice, and he saw what looked like his mother motioning to him. And he said as he got closer to that, he could see the light coming through that open place in the ice. And he was able to, to go to the light, if you will and uh, to be rescued and to be be saved from his predicament. I've oftentimes have heard people refer to Fountain of Life Bible Church as the spiritual emergency room in this area. We've had a lot of stories done on the church, nationwide stories, magazine articles and what have you. Fountain of Life is unique. You probably already realize that. Uh, You'll hear things that you won't church, the first church of the Frigidaire uptown, but uh, here at Fount of Life, whether you realize it or not, you are taught theology theology means a study of God I've always said that a pastor can only take uh, his congregation as far as he is in his spiritual growth and in his learning a lot of churches all they preach is salvation, now that's great salvation's great But most of the parishioners are theologically ignorant. I've seen so many people over the years come here to Fountain of Life who really had no theological understanding, no relationship with the Lord, may have been uh, taken to church when they were a kid, and came here and looked like little birds in the nest waiting to be fed because for the first time they were hearing the gospel as they have never heard it before. You see, here uh, I've seen so many people never heard the term "reformed theology" till they came here. I've seen people come here never understood a teleological argument or an ontological argument or the empiricistic ar- argument. Have no idea regards to Arminianism, and yet they came here, and you were taught that. You might not have heard those words, but you were taught that for the first time. You realized. That there was an understanding of Scripture. And I've seen those same people give their life to the Lord, or rededicate their life to the Lord, and I've seen them come on, become so in on fire for the study of God's Word that they went on to leave here and start churches of their own. Linda, do you, where's Linda? How many churches people have left here? Uh, would you say six, seven churches? At least six or seven churches. People who have come to this church and either did not even know the Lord, came to know the Lord, went on to Bible college, uh, seminary, and uh, now pastor churches themselves. You see, here at Fountain of Life, and, and, and folks, I'm not saying this, that there's not other churches who, who teach the Word. Uh, there are, but they are very few and far between now more than any other time. I want you to look, over, if you will, over here to Psalm 36, verse 9, just a little short verse. God's word says, for with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. May God bless that reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. Let's have a moment's word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, again, do we come into your presence. Pray that your word and will will go forth and accomplish all that you send it forth to do. Please lead us, God, as direct us for your glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've told you all the story about how way back when people started referring to Fountain of Life as the biker church, and it made me mad, I, it, it really ticked me off, and the Lord laid it on my heart, just cool it, because, and then you got to remember now, this is 35 years ago, people, churches did not have car and bike shows 35 years ago, in fact they they talked about about us like dogs, because we'd have car and bike shows. Many churches back then didn't even have drums in their church. You realize that? 35 years ago. And so we had all kinds of stories told about us. I know Bernie Reed and Tony have heard that uh, uh, the rumor went around big time that the reason why we don't have any windows in the sanctuaries is because we're getting here on Sunday morning the smoke dope. <laughs> really, I'm telling you the truth. I know even even my dad, uh, he said, and I left pastoring out at Liberty Church I said, Dad, there's a whole strata of people society is not being ministered to. You either have to uh, not go to church, or if you go to church, you have to wear a, sh- a suit and tie, and you got to cut your hair, and you got to do all this, that, and the other. Uh, and it's a works religion. And I said, I've uh, gosh, I know even back in high school, Linda, Linda recall, every time I turn around, somebody in school or her parents or dad, I always everybody's trying to make me get a haircut or to wear something different. I remember when I worked for Dad, uh, Matt was born, just born, and Dad said, come here, I want to show you something here business-wise. And I went up and I put my hand on his desk. He's sitting in his chair, and I leaned forward. Well, when I did, this big ponytail come falling down. And he looked at that, and he smacked at it. <laughs> he said, tell me something. I said, what's that? He said, how's that baby going to know who's the mother and who's the father? <clears throat> I'll show him my license. Oh, let me tell you, it's, and I've had people uh, through the years, you know, but then people who were not... We've had so many people, this is no joke people, who have gone to other churches and were stopped at the door and said, you can't come in here with just a T-shirt. got to go home and get you a collared shirt. Or I've even had one fella who uh, came to church here uh, who had, was a peacemaker, uh, rode with a peacemaker. He's dead now, by the way. He joined the church. Turned his life over to the Lord. He said he went to such and such Baptist church because he was wearing jeans. He turned him away at the door. you got to remember this is 35 years ago. So Fountain of Life was, was an aberration. It was an aberration. And what really threw people off the curiosity of people coming here because of the newspaper articles, magazine articles and such, TV coverage, out of curiosity came here. And it really blew their minds when they came here because they almost half expected to hear some kind of cult teaching or some kind of biased teaching. But when they got here, found out that we were te- teaching deep historical Christian theology. Because so many other churches now don't do it. They do not teach all the Word of God. And whether you like it or don't like it, we're going to preach and teach by God's grace the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. We have uh, had a tremendous mission outreach. You see, let, let me back up and share something with you. When I came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, uh, and this is no exaggeration, Mom knows because I talked to her about it. In fact, I, never, I wouldn't talk to Dad nobody else about it. But I, uh, if I hadn't come to the Lord, they was, I was either going to go to the nut house, to prison or commit suicide. There's no, this is no exaggeration. That's how bad it got for me. I just couldn't take it. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't uh, doctor uh, give me Valiums and I drank booze and pop Valiums and everything else and uh, I just knew I was going to die. I just knew it. And I was worried about Matt and Linda and uh, I'd even sit down and made a plan that I was going to get on my motorcycle and ride into a tractor and trailer and that way she collect uh, insurance uh, walked the floor at night thinking about such things and uh, literally in hell I was walking around in hell it was like living in a 55 gallon drum with only a peephole is what it felt like and I was reading anything I could read I was wanting to help say, I, I was needing a lifeline to throw it out to me and finally Jesus sent out a lifeline and I grabbed hold of it and Jesus says Vic when I was on the cross, you were on my mind. And the moment I heard that, I knew what salvation meant. That Jesus died on the cross for me. He is my personal Savior. <clears throat> when this realization came to me, I was going to Linda's church. The pastor there didn't understand salvation. Seriously. I told him to leave my office one day. I told him, I said... Uh, asking asked him about salvation. He didn't know. I said, you you got to leave. I got stuff to do. And that's when I turned around and looked up the ceiling. And I said, God, what does it mean that you're my personal Savior? I, I, I thought, how could that be? And that quick, that quick, it was just as clear as it could be. And I wanted everybody I knew to know what I'd found out. And I was shocked that they didn't want to hear it or they they couldn't see it I thought as soon as I tell them this message God told me they're going to go wow and I'd see this like well I'm happy for you I thought happy for me man this is the greatest revelation ever was Jesus died in your place <clears throat> had you on his mind and so Linda was going to church and I went to her church and I just thought man he's these people, I don't, I don't understand. They just go in there, and it's like a wax museum. And uh, I'd go home at night. We had a, a mobile home down in Bugaboo. We owned some land down in Bugaboo Springs Road. Let me tell you where that land is. You know where that big golf course is down there? I owned a chunk of it. I wish I had it today. Just think what that would have would that been worth. I better not think on that. But... <laughs> Remember that land down there, Bugaboo, Bugaboo Springs Road? And we, uh, we lived in a the trailer there, Linda and I and Matt, and uh, I'd lay in bed, and I'd toss and turn now for a different reason. I thought I'd love to just go into that church, walk down the aisle, and tell them what Jesus showed me. I'd love to, i lay there and I'd just go, I'd love to say, what's wrong with you people? Don't you realize what Jesus has done? Don't you realize who he is? Don't you realize that this Bible is him speaking to us? I know I was young in the Lord, but I thought, I can't understand why people are not excited about it. I had no intentions of being a preacher, trust me. <clears throat> I was uh, worked for Dad and just assumed that I would uh, take over the business and uh, fight with my sister Linda for who... Uh, was the leader, but anyway. Uh, oh, by the way, one time she worked there for Dad too. We taped her up in a big box and gave her to the UPS guy. To... <laughs> we did. <laughs> we taped her up and put her on a dolly, and, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want her either. Um, <clears throat> things we did back then. I wouldn't be afraid to tell everything. My son don't even know half of what we did back then. But in any event, uh, I had no intentions, and a lady by the name of uh, Linda, oh gosh, she's passed away now, she, they asked me to teach youth group, and I was teaching youth group, and it started growing like crazy. They're, they started bringing their friends, and uh, she said, uh, Linda, she said, uh, won't you get licensed to the ministry? I said, no, no, uh, no, 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 well, it wouldn't leave me alone. And uh, I said, okay. And so they licensed me in the ministry. Before you could be a minister, you had to be licensed in the ministry for one year before they would decide whether you would uh, could be a, a ordained or not. And uh, I was teaching the Bible. You see, I thought, well, I want to know more about the Bible. I, went to, I wanted to go to college not because I wanted to be a preacher. That was not, you know why I want, wanted to go back to college is because I wanted to learn more about the Bible. I was so excited about what I was reading in the Bible and how how relevant it was and how it spoke to my heart and soul that I I just wanted to know more about the Bible. It was not intended to be a preacher. And so uh, I graduated from Daniel Boone High School, the only high school that matters in this area. And uh, and, uh, so I was going to go over to Milligan College. And so I went down to see the guidance counselor and to get uh, my, my transcript to be able to uh, enroll at Milligan College. And I I told... Uh, uh, what is wrong with me besides old age? Um, where's Frog at? He remembers his name. Jiminy Cricket. His son owns all the sound equipment company. does all the sound... Huh? Winkle! Thank you! And I just had a mental... Body things. So, <laughs> Wait, Coach Winkle, chimney cricket. So I went into Coach Winkle. I said, uh, "Well, I guess I'm going to go to best Christian college in this part of the country." He said, "You are. Where are you going?" I said, "Milligan." He said, "Well, I wouldn't say that." I said, "Because you know it's pro Milligan in this area." He said, uh, "I said really?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "Have you ever heard of Graham Bible College in Bristol?" I said, "Never heard of it." He said, "Go up there and talk to him before you do anything else." I said, "Okay." And I went to Bristol, and I walked. As soon as I walked in the door at Grand Bible College, there was there was such a peace came on me that it's like this is surreal. And uh, I went down to the office, and I said, uh, "I'd like to get some information about the college here." And uh, there was a Mr. Kinnick there who uh, uh, see, I noticed he was man. He was emaciated. He was skinny as he could be. I found out later that he was terminal, he was dying of cancer, and uh, he started telling me about the school and his eyes just lit up and uh, uh, I thought, yeah, man, that's, that's what I'm wanting. So I enrolled at Graham Bible College, well, fast forward a few years after I graduated, I saw uh, Coach Winkle up here at the service station, he was on one side, and, it, and what I'm telling you now is no exaggeration, okay? He was on one side of the pump, and I was on the other. I said, Coach Winkle, I sure appreciate you referring me to Graham Bible College. No, he said, where? I said, Graham Bible College. I said, I come to you, and I was going to go to Milligan. He said, well, check out Graham Bible College. He said, I've never heard of the place. I promise you. I promise you. Uh, I said, you you got to be kidding. You, i never heard of it until you told me. He said, I have He said, where is it at? And... When you see God intervene in your life that dramatically, uh, and you go back and you think, I mean, and, you, and a chill goes through you like, this is just weird, man. And uh, when I got to Graham, it just so happened at that time, some of the best theologians in the United States were teaching there George Anderson, Gary Cohen, who wrote Revelation Visualized, Ted Hildebrand, who wrote the Hebrew language Rom. Uh, CD-ROM uh, for Parsons, who, uh, uh, Doctor Earl Pinkney, who was a chaplain at Iwo Jima, uh, just on and on and on. You wouldn't believe the men who were there, deep theologians. And in fact, the graduates of Graham uh, Emmanuel over here were also in uh, Emmanuel at Milligan College. Seminaries wanted desperately people who had graduated from Graham because they were already that far advanced. In fact, when I went to Emanuel, I didn't have to take Greek or anything like that. It just it advanced to so much because I'd already had things of that nature in undergraduate studies. Graham was a four year college. I did it in three years. I graduated in three years with a bachelor's degree and uh, went to Emanuel. And then from Emanuel, I went to uh, Luther Rice Seminary. Matt has how many degrees from Luther Rice Seminary, Atlanta? Three? Three degrees. From Luther Rice and that, that was tough man Luther Rice and they call it distance learning that's tough and you had to go back and I had to go back and forth from Atlanta and that's tougher than uh, in classroom with the way they do it and then from uh, Luther Rice to Trinity Evangelical Seminary where I got my doctorate and then on to uh, University of Oxford where I had uh, postdoctoral or and or slash doctoral study um, have certificate from Oxford University Because I've been a firm believer that you can only lead a congregation as far as you are. And not just that, but to this day I have a hunger and a thirst to know more about the Word of God. The more I know about the Word of God, the more I know about God. The more I know about the love of Jesus. Just yesterday I was saying, you know, Matt and I both are members of the uh, Evangelical Theological Society, which you, you have to... Have certain degrees before you can even become a full-time member, and I was reading, you know, the theological periodicals. I was sitting up there in my office yesterday, just reading uh, Charles Finney's uh, Edwardian points of view on uh, Arminianism, Pelagianism, and uh, Reformed theology. I just, the more I learn, uh, it just, it's just like, uh, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against God. To this day, there's still a war inside of me. That carnal nature wants to fight against the spiritual things. But I can say that I love Jesus and the thought of going to heaven now more than any other time in my life. Uh, Am I perfect? Lord knows. No, no. Do I make mistakes? I've made some terrible mistakes. It like the older I get, the more I walk around in conviction of, I wish I hadn't have said that to so and so years ago. I wish I hadn't have done that. I wish. And then I go around most times saying, Lord, forgive me. Lord, let them forgive me. Don't let them remember the stupid things I said or the stupid things I did. Because uh, I want to be more like Jesus. Uh, I'm far from it, but my heart's desire is to be more like Jesus. When I left Liberty Church, uh, I left Liberty Church because. Uh, the church got full, and they didn't want to build. They didn't want to grow. They told me, "said uh, we're as big as we want to be," and I said, "I can't live like that." How do you say we got enough souls here? That's it. Uh, I said I can't do that, so I, I left uh, Liberty Church and uh, rented a storefront up there where Glenn Johnson's uh, jewelry store is up there, right on right beside where his jewelry store is. We, uh, we rented that and I still worked for dad part time and pastoring and we had people coming in there It had some remarkable remarkable stories and accounts of what Jesus had and, um, finally like I said dad said told me he said son you need to cut your hair and shave and I said dad there's a whole lot of people out there that I can reach and I'd got I guess I'd gotten that from a man two different men in Christian history One was uh, Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor went to minister in China, and he did not was not able to make any inroads into the Chinese uh, until he let his hair grow out like the Chinese, dressed like the Chinese, and then he started seeing uh, harvesting tremendous uh, souls. And another fella who was a a missionary uh, into Finland and and different uh, Labrador and uh he i could identify with him in so many ways and and how he lived and and how he wanted to just share jesus with people and so i had these folks on my mind and i told dad i said dad uh i just feel like this is what god's leading me to do and he'd say nobody's gonna go to a church where you got a hippie for a preacher i said well maybe not but i just said this is what god's laid on my heart i remember when he got sick, I uh, said, Dad, I'm going to go do something for you. I'm going to go get a haircut and shave. And he took my hand and he said, Nope. He said, I was wrong. I was wrong. He said, You've reached people that other churches wouldn't even consider reaching out to. I had people come in here that we started having some folks that were very earthy. And I had one family in particular who were... Uh, uh, up at and eat up and they's making complaints and i said look uh god died for them as much as he died for you they stayed here for a while and they decided they wanted to be with a uptown kind of church and didn't want to be a place where uh, everybody was welcome you see i, I want to share that i want to share this real quick and all things work together for a reason for good I love my dad. Y'all have heard me talk about him many, many times. But there was an aspect about my dad that I did not like. Uh, When we lived in Baltimore, uh, we were going to church. In fact, Boulevard Christian Church started in our home. Um, Dad had a couple of cousins come up here. And and Dad said when I turned 10, he wanted to move his family back home here. He didn't want us growing up in Baltimore. Praise God. So I turned 10, and a couple of cousins said, come down here and Going to the insurance business with us. And so we moved down here, and Dad went, uh, he was a top salesman of the Mutual of Omaha, and they opened up their own insurance agency called Young's Insurance Agency, and sold insurance for Wisconsin National Life, but all of a sudden, uh, it's amazing how much a kid sees. My dad changed. And all of a sudden, he, started, he was a supervisor at Bethlehem Steel, and now all of a sudden, he wore these suits and everything, and uh, his whole attitude changed, and uh, and I could see I could see what it's doing to him. And uh, I, to this day, I have a rough time with the insurance people. I really do. Don't know Matt. <laughs> I had a guy, who sold insurance come to the door uh, where Lynn and I lit, used to live. He said, uh, "Mr. Young, I'd like to talk to you about insurance." And that, as soon as he said that, he said, "I'm only take fifteen minutes of your time. If I stay any longer, it's because you want me to." I said, all right. He came in, and I watched my watch. And right in the middle of the sentence, I said, stop. He said, what? I said, you said 15 minutes, if you stayed any longer, it would be because I want you to. I don't want you to. <laughs> he said, I've never had anybody. I said, hey, you tell me how honest you are. I know you want to stay honest. 15 minutes is up. you got to go. I just, I just, because it goes back, I, I saw what it did to my dad. Dad had a big heart. Of course, he, uh, being having a safety background, he opened up Tri-State Safety Equipment Company, and he gave away to needy people a couple of fortunes anybody knew him. But I had such an aversion. I had such, uh, with the suit and tie people and how crooked. When I worked for Dad, I used to have these factory reps that come in, and uh, I'd have to take them around to the different plants and such, like Eastman, what have you. As soon as they'd get in my car uh, and dad gave me marching orders who to go see and take this factory rip to, they'd get in the car and they'd say, hey, let's go play a little golf or hey, do you know a bar that's open or hey, do you know where we can find women and stuff like this? Some of the lowest lives I've ever known in my life were dressed really nice as making money. Sorry, human beings. I had purchasing agents, uh, even at Eastman, say, yeah, we'll give you this big order, but what's worth to us personally? This one uh, lady purchasing agent, Tennessee Eastman Company, uh, she expected a big Christmas gift every year. And another person agent over there said, um, Leo said, uh, so-and-so's company built me a barn out there. What can you do for me if I give you this big order? This Tennessee Eastman Company. And a lady person agent out there, they, Eastman, has sent out a letter saying, uh, do not buy any of our purchasing agent's gifts for this Christmas because we don't want them to be biased. called dad up on the phone and said, i guess you got that letter and dad said yeah we'll honor eastman's wishes she said well let me give you my personal address that you can mail it to Uh, so i saw all this crooked crap and i despised it i despised the suit and tie people not the people but what has made them and there's always exceptions don't get me wrong and i learned real quick that there's probably more reputable Honest people, though they may have a few beers or something like that, or even smoke a joint, which I don't—I'm not advocating this—than the suit and tie people try to or that are pretentious and try to be something or not. And I thought I've had and I've seen it in the church. I've seen the suit and tie people in the church who act like their stuff didn't stink, but uh, they stunk. They stunk in their own personal lives. I could tell you—you you wouldn't believe what I could tell you about some of the uppity ups in this area. Just like that old song, song goes, no one knows what goes on behind closed doors. You'd be surprised at the people that come to me for counseling because of how I look and who I am that will not go to their pastor. They've told me stuff you wouldn't believe, everything from incest to drug addictions. I'm talking people in medical field. I'm talking business people. I'm talking people in local politics. So don't tell me because the way I look or something like that or I need to look like this, that, or the other. I had a belly full of that, and I wanted a church where we could do like First Samuel, sixteen, seven. That God doesn't look on the outward appearance as man does; He looks on the heart. And I don't give a rip. i, I told people. I said, uh, I don't care if you wear a barrel, as long as you don't lead, lead over too far. You know, I care less. I had one lady here. Uh, she said my grandson has a blue mohawk can he come to your church I said come to the church he sounds like deacon material to me I said tell him to come on we'd love to have him huh then that clock's wrong I want to go by that clock <laughs> No. Nah. the point is fountain of life is unique because first off we don't play games here I know some people disagree and I know a lot of people have disagreements the way I've done things Some of them may be very valid, but one thing's for sure. Uh, I know I want with all my heart to do the right thing. I know with all my heart I want to teach the gospel. I know I have a passion. to. Just like when I go down to Florida in January, I go down there to teach every Sunday. I have Catholics that come into the service I have down there every Sunday at the campground there. And the one thing Lynn and I hear said all the time, we've never heard it like that before. Never heard it. I go down there and just do say nothing. Take vacation. I I can't do vacation. I go down there and talk to people about the Lord, have church, teach the Bible, because not a lot of true Bible teachers anymore. Fount of Life is very unique. I've seen a lot of people come. I've seen a lot of people go. But one thing's for sure: we have not changed our message. We have not changed who we are. Can we be better? Amen. Yes, we can. But uh, you come to this church, if it's where God's led you, you'll learn the Bible. Uh, whether I'm teaching or Matt's teaching, or whether Ron Thompson's teaching, he's old school too. There's a few old school preachers and teachers still around, but they're fa- fastly becoming uh dinosaur. But uh, this church, I've heard so many people come in and say, as soon as they come in... They could discern the presence of the Lord. And I hope you all feel the same. Let's stand, if you would, please. Matthew, I just knocked some stuff off. her. i want to hand this to you because I've got to run upstairs, get my stuff, and I've got to hit the road and get over there and pray your mom don't wreck that trailer. There you go. And as you can see,
1: I don't conform either. (laughs) uh, A New York pimp. (laughs) I represent Gray, (laughs) pastor for life. All right. (laughs) Let's let's have uh, a word of prayer real quick. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you and love you and praise you. And Lord, thank you for your good word this morning. And Lord, I just pray that you will uh, bless this church and let it continue to minister and evangelize and Touch hearts and minds to be used in a mighty way. And Lord, uh, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. If you've said that prayer, or if you have any concerns, uh, I'll be uh, standing up front here. As Miss uh, Oh, <laughs> as uh, uh, she's uh, playing the invitation. evening we'll uh, do our uh, evening service online I uh, when Dad was talking I think I may uh, since it's Founders Day I may uh, talk about uh, from my perspective uh, how, uh, how the church getting started and uh, dad's ministry and my ministry we may talk about that but uh, Wednesday we want to start uh, a new um, study in first Peter so we finished up our study in Titus and we'll start that in first uh, Peter Let's go ahead and close close your heads. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. <laughs> Dear Father, Lord, we love you and praise you and thank you. And, Lord, thank you for another day, another opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, please be with each and every person here. It's lead, guide, watch over, protect them. Keep them safe and well until we meet again. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Y'all have a good week.